Hey Trojan fans, it's time to get into the huddle with the Peristyle Podcast. The Peristyle Podcast is your weekly ticket to USC football and recruiting news. Don't forget, you can download the podcast 24-7 at our website, peristylepodcast.com. And now, here's the host of the Peristyle Podcast, uscfootball.com publisher, Ryan Abraham. Hello, Trojan fans. Welcome to the Peristyle Podcast on a Sunday. Yes, we're talk, talking USC football on a Sunday. USC's Friday game uh, up in the Palouse did not go very well. USC loses 30-27 to to number 16, Washington State. We're going to talk with Coach Harvey Hyde today about the game, reaction. Fan reaction has not been positive, as you can imagine. We're getting a ton of questions and comments and thoughts and we're going to try to get to them all but i don't think we're going to be able to there are so many we do appreciate it if you want to email us you can do that podcast at uscfootball.com or call us or text us at 424-254-9141 and any of your voicemails any of your emails any of your texts please keep them short let us know who you want them to be directed towards and we'll try to play them the ones that are, are too long we're just getting so many now i can't even deal with them sorry about that so if they're really long, I'm just going to skip them. Uh, I might send you a note like, hey, this is too long. Keep them short. If you wanted something long, go to the message board. Go to uscfootball.com. Go to the Peristyle. Lots of long-form stuff there if you want to talk and discuss with other fans. But for here on the podcast, we're going to have to keep things a little tighter because we're getting so many. And we do want to, you know, we want to get everyone's voice out there. But if it's too long, we're just not going to be able to play it. All right, Coach, welcome to the show. It's a Sunday, recording a day early. Since USC played a day early, there's so much reaction. We thought we should jump in this and uh, do it a little bit early. Thanks for coming in on a Sunday, and how you doing? I'm doing great, Ryan. Um, a lot of disappointment around the Trojan fans. Uh, not that they lost the game, and I mean, you, you know, you always go to win a football game, but I think it's the way that it all came about, and uh, and the questions they have, as well as the feelings and questions I have. And what we'll try to do, since you just mentioned you have so many of them, rather than me elaborate and just keep going and talking and talking and talking, why don't we go to your questions, and uh, maybe at the end, if I haven't uh, received a question or you haven't, we'll uh, start there. But the first thing I want to say, I thought it was a terrible production. started that way. I don't know how many people watched it on TV or how many people went to the game, but I thought that the production of the game was ridiculous. They're into trying to find their friends in the stands rather than trying to show replays of plays that were so big and so important. And uh, for some reason, they had wanted a lot of stand shots and and not wide-open focus replay shots so people could get a real opinion of what is going on. So I just wanted to throw that out there because I'm one that when the uh, photographer used to shoot our games, I told my own wanted to watch the games, not anything else. And, uh, <laughs> I think this guy went fifty-fifty. Yeah, I, I'm gonna rewatch the, gonna watch it again on tape and uh, kind of see some of the production stuff. I'll, I'll watch for that, coach. Um, and wanted to thank our sponsor before we jump into all the questions. Southern California tickets. You can go to sctickets.com or give them a call at one eight hundred eight 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 seven two eight seven if you need tickets to. Maybe the next USC home game, which is Oregon State on Saturday, or some of the other USC games, home or road. Uh, you want some Dodgers tickets, playoff stuff going on, you know, coming up pretty soon. Of course, that's in Los Angeles, but across the country, tickets for any kind of sporting event, theater plays, things like that. 
musical concerts. You can get all of that on SCTickets.com. So give them a try. Um, all right, coach. So here's, here's what I think we're going to do. I tried so many questions. Like I said, tried to categorize them. Um, and there's a lot of good ones. So I, it's like, I don't want to skip a bunch, but there's so many that have to do with the offense, the offensive play calling and specifically T Martin. So bear with me. I'm going to play a bunch of them, some voicemails. I'm going to read some questions and then you and I can just have a discussion about the USC offense and, and the problems, uh, about the, the, the issues maybe that the USC offense is facing right now. Does that, that sound good to you? Any way you want to go, buddy. Okay. Uh, let's jump in. This actually was a voicemail that we got, uh, before the game, which was kind of fun, but I think it was still appropriate. Here you go. JD from DC with a question for Coach Hyde. Coach, I'm down with Clay Hilton and for the most part, the entire assistant staff. And anyone who's ever supervised 18 year olds knows that, you know, there's only certain things you can influence and let alone control. But when you can't convert on fourth and short or even third and short and score in the red zone, that's play calling and play and playbook. So it's a coaching failure. You know what the defense is going to do, and unless you have an utterly dominant O-line, jumbo packages, and Jim Brown, you're going to need to be creative and fool the defense. That's on the staff, right? I also believe that the inability to score at all in the third quarter this year is a failure on the staff's part to adjust in the locker room. All right, and then here's a, a, here's a, there's going to be a couple in a row here, T. Martin-focused. Uh, I'll play the first one. Ryan, this is San Jose Trojan Dad. A long-time listener, but first-time caller. It's now time for Coach Helton to start looking for a replacement for T. Martin. Very simply put, last night's game was lost by one person, T. Martin. Yes, many injured players, O-line shuffling positions, but really, first and goal at the one-and-a-half, only get a field goal instead of a touchdown, that four points wins the game. You... Dan Weber, Coach Hyde, and almost everyone else has seen the same play-calling mistakes. Trying to run up the middle when it hasn't worked for the last how many plays, quarters, games? No double-back sets, no bootlegs, no play actions, no two tight end sets, particularly when it counts. How many three-and-outs did we have in a row last night? Inexcusable. Yes, it's his first year as an offensive coordinator, and he may be a good recruiter and quarterback coach, but he's not learning or making any progress as a coordinator. He keeps making the same stupid mistakes. Instead of putting our guys in a position to win, he sets them up for failure. He has got to go. Ryan, thanks to your whole team for great coverage and analysis. San Jose Trojan Dad, signing off. It's actually a second year, uh, San Jose Trojan Dad. Um, here's uh, another T. Martin voicemail. Hi, uh, Ryan. This is Big John from Santa Barbara. Uh, I'll make my comment concise. It's time for a change in the offensive coordinator. T. Martin needs to go to another position. One of the coaches on the staff needs to go become Lynn Swan's assistant or something like that for the rest of the season. And they need to go out and get a offensive coordinator immediately who knows how to make changes. I can understand that coach not being able to make change in the locker room at halftime or something like that. But we've had three games with the same type of defense, and they haven't changed. They've had all sorts of opportunities to go to all sorts of different schemes, two, uh, two uh, set backfield, uh, double tight ends. Uh, the back door is wide open, counters, draws, and uh, all delays. and all. They never do that. Uh, something's seriously wrong with the offensive line, and now Darnold's trying to do too much. Time for a change. Offensive coordinator, 
now. Bye. So that's pretty strongly worded. Um, this one's about predictability. Hi, Ryan and gang. This is Alan in St. Louis. It's been almost two years since I last called in, but I just want to say that you and your crew are still making an amazing product. Thanks, as always, for the group therapy. Anyway, uh, this question is for anyone who's willing to take it. In 2013, the Trojans lost to Washington State in the Coliseum by a final score of 10-7. to 7. Uh, That night, Wazzy's D had the Trojans on lockdown, and they always seemed to be in the right place. At the end of the game, uh, Wazzy cornerback, Demonte Horton, who had two picks, was interviewed on live television and said, and I'm quoting here, as I'm looking at an old tweet, we saw those routes in film study, I just sat on them. So here's my question. Why has USC been so easy to game plan against in the post-Carroll era? What do coaches usually do to prevent this level of predictability? Thanks again, and fight on. So some uh, some good voicemails, Coach, and I'll, I'll read you some emails too, and then we'll just talk about the offense. Um, we had a text message. Does Clay Helton have the guts to make a change at offensive coordinator? That's Clayton from Santa Clarita, class of 2011. Um, we got, hello, crisis negotiators, LOL. Two questions. When did USC start lining up and then backing out to get the play? And is it a good plan of attack? And when is Coach Hyde going to join Coach Helton's staff? He's always spot on with his analysis, and his football knowledge is amazing. There's still a lot of football to play, Trojan fans. P.S. I miss Norm Chow. <laughs> uh, thanks for that one. Um, Steven San Diego. Coach Hyde, it looks like poor coaching on offense was so bad, even Superman couldn't overcome it. What would you change as far as scheme or play calling to correct the issue? Tarek says, if USC's run first, why don't they play action to keep the defense honest? Uh, when it worked, they did it early. It worked when they did it early. Um, Tommy in the Valley of the Sun says, uh, Coach Hyde, I heard you say a podcast or two ago that the USC offensive line outweighs Wazoo defensive line by 30 to 40 pounds. My question is, how can we can't exploit those weaknesses if like they can exploit ours? We were supposed to be able to run the ball down Washington State's throats like Bama would have with their type of Size differential. Anyway, fight on. Um, Percy, would you prefer to have a balanced offense or, um, do what it needs to be, excuse me, do what it takes to be successful to win the game? The staff preaches balance rather than diagnosing what works and sticking with that. Um, Dennis and Lancaster, uh, with USC having a former offensive coordinator as a head coach and two coordinators, T and Tyson, how is it possible that the offense is the weakest or the weakness of this team? Love the show and fight on. Um, sorry, a couple more. <laughs> we'll just talk. Uh, Nick and Cyprus. Uh, why don't we run Donald more often? It seems like the defense is crashing down on the running backs like they did with Kessler at quarterback. The difference is Donald's a hundred times better as an athlete. Um, so he, he scored two easy touchdowns because the defense crashed down and got burnt. Um, it would make the defense be more honest. Am I crazy thinking this is that we couldn't score from first and goal at the two? And then our last one, Jesse, uh, Sergeant Jesse Rodriguez to say, uh, it's taken me all night and most of the day to calm down over this loss to Washington state is an understatement. We continue to be inconsistent on offense and abysmal on third down. So the question is, how hard is it to put a heavy run package in? this type of mess the USC offense is running. They continue to run straight up the middle from the shotgun. What am I missing here? Love the show. Thanks from the great Northwest, Jesse Rodriguez. So that's a lot, coach. But that's what the people are saying about the offense. 
wherever you want to start. I know you probably took a few notes at some points. I took some notes and points. Where would you like to begin? Well, I'd like to begin by <clears throat> saying uh, everybody's very disappointed as far as the performance of the team. Because athletically, the team is far more athletic than Washington State. Uh, you hear me always talk about uh, what roster would you rather have? Would you rather have Washington State's roster? And I'm not telling you they're not great players and great kids, but would you rather have USC's players? Now, unless you've evaluated your players completely wrong, and Washington State has taken who you really don't want, I hate to say it that way, that only indicates that somebody's out coaching somebody with the schemes they're utilizing with their players versus the schemes you're utilizing with your players. just makes sense uh, that uh, two freshmen can start for Washington State, uh, both from Southern California that they didn't even talk to, uh, a receiver from Cathedral, uh, a player from uh, another one from Dorsey uh, that can go up there and play as a freshman immediately and then catch six passes and be a part of a team that uh, beats USC. So obviously it has to do with something that's happening on the field. So you have to look at this, or we're not forecasting, we're not recruiting the right players. It's one or the other. And obviously I think they're recruiting the right players. It's just that someone is utilizing their players better than you're utilizing your players as far as with schemes on offense and defense and, and not having a rhythm either way and confusion and not having enough people on the field on a PAT and the punt uh, hitting your re- punt return guy. It just There's a little bit here and a little bit there everywhere. So something's not working correctly. Now, as a head football coach, I've got to evaluate myself and look in the mirror and say, hey, I'm the, I'm the point guy here. I'm the guy that puts the plan together. I'm the guy that says, uh, okay, I'm a secretary of defense or whatever you want to call me or the president in the White House, and this is a White House type of program, but USC is like Alabama, tradition, Texas, uh, you know, go through it, Ohio State, all those, Notre Dame. And we're not getting it done. We're not one of the programs that uh, were one that people were terrified in playing. Every time you're beaten or played closely, people gain confidence, and they can't wait to play you. So I have to look at my generals, and I have to say, Do I have the best generals in charge of my plans, my attacking and my defense? And right now you have to look at it and you have to say, and I'm the ultimate guy that has to make the decisions that this is not going right or wrong. Now I think that as a head football coach, it's a hard thing to do, relieve people of their command. But again, you have a responsibility to the parents, to the football players, to the community, to the university, to yourself, to put the best program on the field. And I'm not advocating ever firing of a coach, but I'm advocating not losing the war, not losing the battle. And right now, the team is declining in performance, declining. This team has not gotten better. It is declining. It did not even start the season at a real positive note with their struggle with Western Michigan. They had one great performance this year, and that was against Stanford, and they should have continued to get better, and they haven't. They sneaked by, fortunately, with two field goals in Texas's game. 
And, of course, at Washington State, uh, they were just out-coached, plainly out-coached. Let, let me put it to you that way. As far as injuries, yeah, you have injuries, but you have more depth than you've ever had before. Before, the excuse was, oh, we're unlimited scholarships. We can't compete when we lose players. Your second clubbers uh, don't even think of going to Washington State, okay? They would have possibly gone somewhere else, but Mike Leach has put together a program now up there where some guys that uh, realize that uh, they fit that type of program want to go there now because of what he does and does so well in the defensive side of the football. You have fun at You don't do a lot of things, but you mix it up. And how many times do I say you've got to keep the offense guessing, guessing, so that they cannot adjust to the rhythm and attack you, and they did that the entire night against USC. USC, they made Hercules a real Hercules by not even blocking him. I mean, how can you not block him when you don't even block him and he blows through the line of scrimmage, or you can't even block down and take a gap? Now, you know, that's just plain not functioning right or properly using your techniques. So first of all, the metal part of the game. You've got to have a metal part of the game first on what you're supposed to do before you do it. And just That's just plain not being prepared. So when you look at this, yes, they're going to have to make some definite decisions here on why are we getting worse and, and why are we getting better. And they're declining in performance, confidence. And without Sam Darnold making plays, people are on Sam. Hey, it doesn't happen. That last drive they scored on, it was all Sam Darnold. Believe me. As far as the short yardage offense, you've heard me talk about short yardage offense, what, three years now? What is their package? What is their philosophy? What is it they do? I, I don't see them in any jumbo. I don't see them in any with double tights with a, three tight ends in the game and maybe on a first down play if they want to throw the ball on second and one, maybe run a play action play with cross backs uh, on a play action and two back set and come out and have an option of run-pass option, and I'm not going to tell you all the routes because it goes too long, so long, but I'm not going to throw an, a hitch route across the field on second down and one or two all the way across the field where the Washington State guy is already in a bump. Are you kidding me? Where he almost picked that off and went down the sideline? They were so fortunate there. And how fortunate was USC? Washington State must have had six or seven drops on key positions. And USC, too, uh, their passing game, their running game, the formations, there's no series, there's no, there's no rhyme and reason for what's going on offensively. Like, like you mentioned, or some one of our callers mentioned, there were so, so many of them emailed. Sorry. <laughs> on a goal line situation, you are submarining on the goal line, Okay. You are going underneath the blockers in the middle of the line, but you're anticipating that's where they're going to run, but that's what they've done every time. So, you know, and your back is five yards deep at least. They're two yards into your backfield before you get to the line of scrimmage. How do you anticipate getting into the goal line that way? I, I don't understand it. I mean, when you have the off-tackle play and you've got great running back, Malapi is a big back and runs well off-tackle. He didn't get and a carry. Put, huh? He didn't get a carry. I mean, that was one of the other questions that we got was about the uh, the the running back rotation. Like, what's what's going on with the running back rotation? The US, I mean, USC didn't even run 
uh, Mile PI or, you know, they only ran Stephen Carr and Ronald Jones. I know. And, and, you know, really when you have two backs like Jones and Carr in the game and you're running a two back with a play action set out of that, you better, you better think about the run up front. Yeah. Because if they're blitzing and doing those things, you run those type of play action passes and you roll away from the blitzes. The guy's coming across and you will go away from him. You do bootleg, you roll away. Well, you have drag routes and quick routes so that if they are blitzing, the blitzing guy or the stunning guy is coming straight up the middle and you're running away from him. And you block solid. You block area blocking where you don't have any seepage and block backside with the third tight end or, or your H-back or somebody to protect it. I mean, there's no, that, there's no, there's none of those type of adjustments. Tight end, I don't think he even caught a pass. I don't even know no, why they recruit tight ends. They don't no, utilize tight ends. Yeah, there was no tight end passes caught. Um, only catches were by wide receivers. That that running back question was by Chucky's, by the way, and he he wanted Rojo to get more carries. He was a leading ta- uh, carrier there. But yeah, no, you're, you're right, Coach. The only there was a couple targets uh, to tight ends. There was no catches made. Um, but people the targets were weird too because. Some critical situations like that inside, someone was talking about, you know, inside the five where they couldn't score after the uh, Uchenna Nwusu interception. Josh Follow, who's a true freshman tight end, never been targeted before on second and goal. Like they throw him a ball and just kind of like, to me, that's just like a weird situation. Like I think they, you do got to get the tight ends more involved, but in those critical not situations, like yeah, that. that's not the right spot. You right? fade, if anything else, you bring him in. You bring him in 15 yards from the end zone, and you try to put a mismatch or something. Well, you don't throw a, a quick hitch out there like that. I don't mean I don't even know where that came from. <laughs> that was like I'm drawn serious. up. That was like drawn up in the parking lot or something. But yeah, well, no, no, no. And 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 I don't mean to interrupt you, Ryan. No, no, go ahead. Yeah, but we all get our therapy, okay? Yeah. <laughs> and and I know our listeners want to hear the truth. At least my opinion. Maybe it's not what they think or what Coach Helton thinks. And those coaches might be saying, hey, he doesn't even know what's going on. He just says these things. But I'm saying as observing the same game that everybody else saw. I didn't go to the game, but I watched the game. You, you know, you could just look at some of these things and you say, why? Why no plays that come back the opposite way? Why no jet sweeps? Why none of this? That 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 And the quick play, where did that, the trick play? Where did that come from on first? I mean, think about it. They've never run that play. That flea flicker they toss the ball, run in there and toss the ball. What are they doing? <laughs> I mean, the, I mean, they get a penalty. They get, and they lose their starting right tackle on that play. What, what, I don't understand where it's like going fishing with no bait. <laughs> or I don't, I don't understand. You know, it's, it's hard to avoid injuries, coach, but when you, when the, the baffling play call, and I think Stephen Carr might have got banged up a little bit too, that's just like, you, that was a self-inflicted wound, and then the injury on top of it, like, there was no reason to be, that just made no sense to me, that play, the flea flicker call. No, I mean, yeah, I mean, it, it, I said, what? And then when you line up for a PAT, and you only have 10 guys? Got called timeout, and then you quarterback sneak, and you make a first down, and you don't even know you make a first down. <laughs> the hell are you doing in the press box? I mean, and then the routes that the sticks. How many weeks have I been talking about? If you got eight yards to go for a first down, the receivers have got to know they can't run a six-yard route, and then run a comeback. You got to go twelve and come back to four, slide to the open area, keep your receivers. 
spread out or run some crossing routes or do something to get someone open, but not at five yards when you got to go eight yards or make it even even eight yards. You've got to go past the sticks. And I just don't know. I, I assume they work on this stuff, and it was, again, a rotation of how many receivers played. I don't know. But, you know, I didn't even know Green was hurt. I mean, all of a sudden, he's not playing. I just figured he was out of the rotation by then. But all these receivers running in and out. And I've been saying, how long have I been saying this? And it's not just, I've been saying Tyler Vaughn is the third receiver. Yeah. And you can see Darnold is getting confidence in him. Stevie Mitchell isn't there. Burnett is there. But when they double up on Burnett, he's going to Tyler Vaughn. Yeah. And the kid made some great plays. I just feel bad he fell down in the corner out, which they only ran one time on the one-yard line. But I said, oh, that's it. That's the worst thing that could have happened the entire game. But they're not going to get in the end zone. <laughs> I'm serious. I mean, when you start to think like that, then things are pretty bad, right? And I'm not trying to be negative, but who isn't thinking like that? Yeah. Because they have no short yardage or no uh, – thinking of what their jumbo or short life pack packages one of the the points that uh people have brought up uh balance and we get a lot of tweets about this and a lot on the message boards and they predict you know they want balance not predict they they the the goal is to be balanced but we've seen if a defense is taking something away you know do you have to be balanced for the sake of being balanced so what, what are your kind of thoughts on that because it seems like they're almost trying to force balance when you know something's working just go with that well, you know, did you see the balance with Washington State? What Washington State does, they do what you give them. And that's the same thing that what USC should be doing. Uh, you, you, it's chess. You do this, I do that. You can't take everything away that I do. I mean, if you're stopping this play, there's got to be a reason you're stopping that play. So what I've got to do is know immediately in my game plan of what I go to. I mean, there's no series for you to go to anything. One play, it's from this. One play, it's that. One play, it's drop back. One time, it's power right. One time, it's power left. One time, it's in the middle three times. I mean, I can't figure out what they're doing and to counteract anything that they're stopping you with. Like someone called and says, uh, you don't have a screen. You don't have a draw. You don't have anything to slow down the rush. You don't have any tight end uh, hot routes uh, to the tight end or mismatches with the tight ends like with guys on smaller DBs in the slots or quick passes or something. To, if you're rushing and they're coming after you, then what you do, you know they're playing man. Then do some mismatches and hit some crisp, some slant routes and different things with big receivers. Not that you don't have great receivers, but utilize the size. You can't let those guys intimidate you. And, again, uh, the pass interference penalties. Now, don't get me wrong. I, I don't. You know, it goes both ways. But Tyler Vaughn, that pass interference penalty, that was absolutely ridiculous that the official called. That was one of the worst uh, calls. That was one of the worst calls, yeah. Go ahead, Ryan. I know you could. I'm talking too much. No, no, that was one of the worst calls I had seen. I tweeted that. Um, You you feel bad. Like, I feel like Tyler Vaughn's been kind of snake bit. I've been talking about him too. That fourth and 13 catch, um, you know, people didn't like the play call where you're running on third 13. I don't. I mean, maybe get your comments on that. But then Tyler Vaughn and, and Sam Darnold bail him out. He went up there and caught that ball. He just has a large catch radius, you know. Like if you get him anywhere near him, he can. He's able to catch the ball. Um, he's had two really close to touchdowns. 
that he didn't get. So I want to see him get his first touchdown. And then that push off that was not a push off was ridiculous. No, you know, he sort of reminds me of a young Darius Rogers, but uh, a little bit smoother in a way. I think he's got great potential. But another thing in the receivers at USC, they don't fear at all anybody running by them. They don't fear USC's team speed at all, receiver-wise. Now, don't get me wrong. I don't run against these guys. I don't time these guys. But I have not been impressed by any receiver with a deep threat. I don't think there's a, a deep threat receiver. At least he's not on the field that I see because they'll come up and press, and those corners don't care. And uh, you don't beat them deep. Yeah. Uh, you you do on a corner route that Tyler Vaughn did, but he broke it out to the corner and you threw the ball away from the safety like it looked like a zone cover two or something, was that I couldn't tell from the production of the of the of the guy that's got a fan club, I guess, or somebody's who's looking at it <laughs> in the stands. But but uh you know, really, uh it, it, I don't understand it because they recruit top athletes in 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 the nation, and we don't have one that can run by people that I that I see them trying to run by people or loosen them up or or try to go deep on a route and so on. I really don't understand it. Yeah, Valus Jones is probably the guy, but he's more of a he's a situational guy right now for USC. He's not been out there. One guy though. Yeah, one guy. No, I know what you're out of fifteen, how many receivers they have? Fifteen, <laughs> twenty, I think. Um, well, okay, what about the predictability one? And so people like that was a great voicemail. Uh, I remember that Washington State game uh, that they were talking about that. And if you watch, like, Hercules and some of the Washington State defensive linemen, they were getting off right at the snap. Like, there was no hesitation. There was no – they knew what was happening. I'm not saying they knew what play was being run, but they knew – it seemed like they knew the snap count or whatever it was. Um, they knew when the ball was going to be snapped, and they just got – it was an advantage. So what do you think about the predictability with that and, like, the plays, too? Well, I agree with that. I, you know, you get to get a feel on what the snap count is, and if you don't change the snap count, then obviously the defense has an advantage. They beat you across the line of scrimmage. See, I have also said, and I hate to repeat myself to you listeners out there, but you're saying, Helly, you said that before. You said that three years ago, okay? They do not run a hurry-up offense, USC. It's the, the name of their offense was, is 11 people looked at a sideline. And... I don't think you communicate that well when you do that. Now, when they do a two-minute drill and they do a hurry-up offense, okay, okay. But why not huddle up three yards, four yards from the line of scrimmage, get the call, go in the huddle, look at each other. That way Sam can say, now remember the last time we ran that route, break it off quicker or come across and I'll look for you immediately. But don't forget you, Tyler, on the backside. If that's taken, I'm going to hit you. And uh, the linemen can look at each other and say, on that last play, you know, I should have stepped down. Uh, make sure you do that. Ready, break. Why? Why can't there be a communication between the quarterback, the sideline, and the 10 guys or 11 guys on the field? It's 11 guys standing at attention looking to the sideline. For what? Because everybody else does it? Not everybody else does it. I think you communicate better when you can talk in a caucus type of area where you say, hey, guys, we got to get in the end zone. Hey, this is fourth down, or this is first and two. Let's get off the ball. Let's run this play. Or if it's a play-action pass, I'm going to look to the tight end to the backside. Talk to your guys. 
talk to them and communicate. Don't look at cards and hand signals. I think that's great for some teams because that's what they do, and they do it successfully. But USC is not that type of program. To me, it's one that says, hey, you bring your tools, I'll bring my tools, but you're the nail and I'm the hammer. And that's the way it should be. And that's the way it is at, at uh, Alabama. Look at the way that the rhythm and the defense and offense at the top programs in America. Is there any questioning on play calling? Yes, if there is, Nick Saban's going to make a change. He has three in three years. Hey, if Urban Myers wants to make a change in play calling or defense, he makes a change. Because of the expectance of excellence. This is USC. That is Notre Dame. Whatever... Last year, Notre Dame changed the offensive coordinator and defensive coordinator. Why? It wasn't up to what the head coach or the university expected. I like Clay Helton. Clay Helton deserves to have great coordinators. And I'm not saying these are or they aren't. But, man, I'll tell you what. If I have two co-pilots, I want them to be like guys that can fly Air Force One. And you've heard me use that term over and over and over. You deserve guys that have been there. They've been on the show. They know what it's all about. You've seen their offense. That's why you hired them. Yeah. Yeah. I'm through with my random rave. Okay. One last thing on the offense. Um, you mentioned the coordinators. Do you think they should run Sam Darnold more? Well, how many times have you heard me talk about that when you run a one back offense, the second running back in that is the quarterback? Uh, you, how many times have I told you to otherwise go to a two-back set? So, you know, why not? He ran it twice and scored twice, and you've got to stretch the defense. They don't do anything stretch the defense. The last game, two weeks ago, they stretched with a couple of stretch runs. So, yeah, you got to run it. you got to keep the backside from pursuing down the line of scrimmage and pitching off everything. So, yeah, I, I think you got to run him. I don't want to see you run him because – you know, but he's a tough guy, and I tell you, he'll fight for every yard he gets. He doesn't want to slide. Worst thing he wants to do is slide. So, uh, yeah, go to a two-back set, or you got to run him. That's it. Okay. Okay. So now we have a bunch of like kind of other questions too. We'll try to go through them quickly. I'll start you off with a voicemail, Coach. Here you go. Ryan, thanks for all the great work that you guys do. This is Ray. Uh, oh, hey, over the last three-year recruiting cycle, according to Scout, you. USC has recruited 10 five-star kids, 35 four-star athletes, while Washington State University has recruited zero five-star, three four-stars, a total of 45 five- and four-star athletes to Washington State University's total three. As Coach Harvey Hyde has said many times, what coach in the Pac-12 would not be willing to switch rosters? My question for Coach Hyde is, what does he consider the main issue at USC to be? These kids simply are not playing uh, up to uh, their potential. And is it game planning and coaching of the athletes, or is it a lack of mental and or physical toughness or something else? would be very interested in his assessment. Thank you guys for all you do. Bye. Well, well thank you for calling. I think it's a combination of all. I said earlier, you've got to look at yourself, first of all, as a coach and as a staff and and your players. They've got to look at themselves. And am I making mistakes? Am I not doing what I was taught to do? And I think that uh, USC has become a softer type of football team than what it used to be. 
Now, a lot of it's because of the way you have to practice, but Alabama, Ohio State, Clemson, they all practice under the same rules. There isn't any difference on the number of hours that you can practice and days that you wear pads and so on. Yet they can uh, improve every week and uh, play big games, and they normally recruit uh, on the same level of what USC recruits at. Hey, Luke Falks, if walk on, walk on at Washington State out of Logan, Utah. Uh, I don't know if at USC a walk on will ever start at USC at quarterback. But uh, this is what someone takes and does with someone develops and develops this person that has some talent into being a football player. Not my used to say, recruit the best, don't mess them up, make sure that they get better every day, don't confuse their minds with all of this garbage, yeah, because we run a hundred plays. We got a hundred plays. We got this big, thick playbooklet that's five hundred pages. Hey, we don't need a playbook that's got 500 pages. You just need six or seven plays that you really run properly. And off of all those plays, you have counters, you have series, you have play-action passes, you have drop-back passes, you have three-step, five-step, seven-step. Do all these different things. And out of all those type of pass series, you've got screen draws, all the different things you need. You don't have to, uh, you know, all of a sudden think this is a chess game. All this thing is, it's a football game. They've been playing it for a long time. And you've got to be able to do that offensively and defensively and make sure your kids understand what their assignments are so they don't play confused and they're thinking. What if I said, if I get the best players, I don't want them thinking. I want them playing football. And this is, uh, you know, sometimes there's so much confusion and there's so much they're thinking about and there's so much they're learning. That's why I said about huddling up. What's wrong with that? To make sure there isn't a uh, confusion. Uh, If you're having confusion, then you need to correct the confusion. If you need to huddle up or do whatever you need to do, you do it. There was times when I wouldn't even put a ball on the field uh, early in the season. I'd take the balls away and I'd just have them run formations and defense them and have the offense against the defense and make sure our alignments were properly, the motions were covered properly, all the different things. And when they could do that and run out of a huddle, then I'd say, well, now it's time to bring the ball out. And once we line up and we know we're doing in formations and the huddles and so on, now I can give you the ball to play with. Make it simple and use the talent you've recruited. Otherwise, Hey, you're not going to win anyway unless you have talent. But don't confuse them. Let them play the game. I'll tell you, when you have a quarterback like Luke Falk, you can't make mistakes. Because if you do this, he's going to do that anyway. And you've got to tackle. You can't miss open field tackles. You can't convert on two of 11. You can't be time of possession 11 minutes more than what you had to football. They did opposite what you're supposed to be doing. They beat you at your game. You can't allow that to happen. Yeah. Hey, coach, you it's funny you mentioned chess. The other, this next voicemail, that's the note I put on there about chess. So let's play this one for you. Hello, Ryan and coach Ryan. This is Ed Duncan up in the high desert. I know how bad everyone feels. I certainly feel bad. I still think, uh, our players are playing their tail off. Great football to me is like a great chess game. And when, both teams are talented. 
The one that plays the game the best usually wins. Coach T and Coach Pendergrass, in my opinion, are not maximizing the talent USC has. No tight end play, no screens, refusal to play a two-back set, etc. It's the same thing over and over and over. The best situation to be in against USC is third and long. Teams are successful a great percentage of the time. But we blew that game when we didn't score a touchdown when it was first and goal on the three-yard line. Terrible, terrible call. Well, men of Troy, keep your chins up and fight on. Okay. Well, thank you. I guess it's unanimous uh, as far as what we see, <laughs> and it doesn't make any difference what we see. It's what the coaches are seeing and what they're going to do about it. And if, if they think they're doing the right things, then, then we're not going to be able to change anybody's mind. But obviously there's a problem there. And as I said earlier, these problems have to be solved. But this team's declining. If this team plays the way it's playing currently right now, you know, well, I don't want to get into the schedule and talk about that. They've got to worry about beating Oregon State, okay? Yeah. And, and, but I'm telling you, Notre Dame is getting better. Utah's a physical, good football team that'll shut you down. I mean, uh, Arizona beat Oregon, or Arizona State beat Oregon. I'm not, and they played Stanford well. Stanford beat them. But anybody in your schedule now could beat you. UCLA improved and beat a pretty good, I think, Colorado team. So there's a lot ahead here of the, for the Trojans. And you know, hey, let's, let's get it. Right now they're one and one. Okay. They can still win the Pac-12 South. Okay. Let's, it's not the end of the world. Okay, guys, lost a football game, but you got to stop the bleeding. Okay. Yeah. You're still in a position. If you lose one game, you lose two games. Okay. You know, you can still go to the Rose Bowl. You can still have great things happen to this football team. So the main thing is you got to stop leading and get the confidence back and start getting better. So what I'm going to say after us, we talked about all this stuff that's wrong. There's things that could be right, and there's things on the defensive side of the ball that need to be corrected too. For some reason, we're not talking about that, but that's okay. But, hey, it's a long season. What are you, four and one? Okay, I don't have them in my 12-pack, okay? I didn't rank them. I have my rankings. I didn't put them in the top 12 teams in the country. Yeah. Yet they have the talent to be there. Why? They're not utilizing that talent. They're not playing like a team that I wouldn't want to play. The number one team that I put in my poll that comes out, I don't know how many of you follow it, but is the team I'd least want to play on the next Saturday. And they're not one of those teams right now the way they're playing. So that sort of tells you uh, exactly where we are. And so actually just to let people know, the coaches poll came out this morning, this Sunday morning. USC dropped 10 spots uh, to number 15, and the AP poll, USC dropped nine spots to number 14. Uh, all right, so they're not in the top 12, as Coach Harvey Hyde said. Uh, here's another voicemail question. Hey, guys, how you doing? This is Don from East Coast. Uh, calling, uh, then we're going to the game. Fight on, of course, from East Coast. Um, I thought the game was a great game. You know, you're going to win, you're going to lose some. I'm oh, sorry, this, this question is for Coach and you guys. I'm sorry, I'm jumping right into it. I'm trying to get that minute out. Um, uh, you, you're gonna lose some, you're gonna win, win some. That's just what it is. I mean, you know, I thought it was a great game. But what I, what I want to say is that I think that Clancy and T 
they have to play these young guys. Like they have, because if you notice that the injuries are building up and it's, and it's tough. It, you know, it's law, it's the law of nutrition and they, they have to have backups. And in order to get these freshmen ready for next year, you've got to play these guys. So, you know, I just want to see how you guys felt about that. Um, you know, you got to get the wide receivers out there. You got to get the linebackers out there, Levi Jones. You got to get all these guys out there and play them in order for them to kind of, you know, help out these other guys, so, you know, to, to lower the injuries. Because I think that's what's kind of starting to catch up with SC. Uh, but, you know, let me know what you guys think. Uh, love the show, um, you know, and fight on from the East Coast. Thanks, guys. Well, thank you very much. Uh, see, I, I agree with you. Why do other programs have freshmen starting at quarterback, Georgia, uh, where else, uh, Clemson, uh, these programs, uh, Washington State and the secondary receivers. I mean, uh, I'm not going to go through all those. And these kids are being so so successful. Why? At USC, you got to play your dues or whatever. Levi Jones, you mentioned Levi, Levi Jones. I've been talking about him since they signed him, okay? How can you keep talent like this that can run? I'd find a place for him to play. I don't know. Maybe I'd have to sneak 12 guys on the field. But he's got to be on the field somewhere. He's physical, he's big, he can run, he gives you team speed. And, and yes, I agree. Uh, if you've got somebody that's better than the guy in front of you and has the talent, I don't care if he's a senior, my best players are going to play or develop in the plane. And you got to do that. you got to do that, as gentleman just said, Mr. East Coast, that you got to come along. You got to bring your your players up now. In defense of USC, what game except for Stanford have they been in a position to say, "Oh my God, let's start playing people"? Hell, they won every game in the fourth quarter except for one, and they didn't do it on the last one. Came close but couldn't pull it off. So, you know, you want to play players, but it's your job in practice to find out who these players are, so you can play the best players. And when game time comes, you can't just put in the guy to put in the guy. You got to put him in because he's the best at what you've seen during the week of practice. And I agree with you. There's a lot of talent that's sitting and watching. And, uh, you know, there's a lot of raves and a lot of these defensive linemen that were recruited last year, but they're not playing. Not to say that Rashad Green isn't playing a great season. He's having a great season. But, uh, you know, I'm not going to get into kids because kids are kids, but there's a couple of kids out there playing that I saw the question mark. Um, all right, coach, we have a bunch of emails too. So maybe we'll try to go through these like kind of rapid fiery style. If that's okay. okay. Um, with a couple on physicality, I'll read you both. Jason Longhorn country said, I was never talented enough to play beyond high school football. However, even in my high school days, I remember that it would take a couple of weeks for my body to adjust to normal hits and stuff like a face mask hitting my elbow or getting landed on by multiple defenders. With this in mind, high school is much lower level of physical contact than what these players are experiencing in Division One football. Do you think that USC's injury issues are related to the fact that they are not practicing with full pads and thus their bodies are not ready for the level of physicality that occurs during a Division One football game? Uh, fight on, Jason and Longhorn Country. And then Trojan War Machine, uh, what was your regular practice schedule when you were head coach, how many days did you practice in full pads, etc.? I know I've heard you say that you practice in full uh, spe- full pads, full speed to get the team ready. 
Uh, and this team seems to be more do more of a walkthrough than full speed. Bill in San Jose. Well, let, let me tell you. Uh, yeah, the game has changed. First of all, players are softer. Nothing against all you guys out there that are playing. <laughs> But uh, you know you don't you don't get it's hard to get better because you can't get better you don't play football, uh, you know and you can see it in the NFL even guys aren't as good or the teams aren't better until the season gets going why they don't play any football in camp they don't hit anybody preseason games they play one quarter how do you get better so yes uh, I think there's a lack of a football player becoming a better football player because of the lack of contact. And I think that you prepare a body for contact through football practice. These guys aren't used to being hit. Uh, they aren't, uh, uh, as, uh, let's say, uh, you don't prepare yourself for playing the game of football without being hit and being prepared to hit be, uh, and hitting someone. Your body becomes accustomed to that, and, and uh, when it, the game comes, uh, you're ready to play. Uh, you know, in, in my day, we went live on Tuesday, Wednesday. Now, what I mean by that is inside drill, outside drill, pass, pass protection. But how does your quarterback get used to throwing a football by just dropping back and throwing a football? Hell, there's no rush. There's no nothing. You got to be able to put pressure on him. So, and, and how does your offensive line become better and make calls and stuff without going live? And then the quarterback understands and sees the receivers because he's throwing over guys' arms and doing all of that. So, yeah, we used to do pass rush drills live, inside-outside drills in the running game, and you guys might not believe this. On Thursdays, yes, I would close my eyes. I didn't want anybody to get hurt. We would go live goal line. Live, ones against one. Because that's where it's won and lost. And we didn't know a lot of plays. But we would go enough that we'll be put the ball maybe on the two, we put the ball on the five, we put the ball on the seven when it's, you know, first and goal on the seven when it's hard, and we'd scrimmage. And we get in our what we call breaker formation where you're going to break their back or not. In defense, we played goal line, and we went live. And we knew we had to get in the end zone. And we did it maybe for five or ten minutes maybe 10 or 12 plays offensively, and then defense would be go against us, and we'd do what they, as best we can to help them. But we had to play football. We had to react. We had to learn to pursue and fill my hole and scrape and do the things I had to do to be successful. Then we'd call everybody up, and everybody was fired up, but they knew that was the last hitting day of the, year, of the week. Friday was nothing but pads and substitution and making sure we had everything down. We go to the stadium on that day to get the real feel of the of the practice. But we didn't do walkthroughs. We went out there and practiced on Friday. What I mean is, I think I took them out there for an hour, and we did things, and I'd give them a good talk afterwards. Bring them in on one knee and tell them what it's all about and what the, what's you know what we need to do this week as far as uh, and our practices, how we practiced and did all of that, and and then we go wherever we were headed. But yeah. You know, you got to be able to get better by playing football and not babying people. And, uh, you know, and, and sometimes you got to, you know, you can scrimmage. There's nothing that says you can't hit when you have pads on. So when I have the pads on, that means it's contact time. The gun is loaded, okay? <laughs> so be ready. I used to have a drill once. 
I'd be walking around, and I thought that practice wasn't very good. There was no tempo. And, in fact, I thought USC looked flat at times, okay, in that game. If they ever heard me blow the whistle three times, you could turn and hit anybody. <laughs> hit anybody, as long as it was a legal hit. Nothing from the back. You take a run. If I saw somebody loafing, we'd do it again. Nice. Because I thought it was a dead practice. With, no, you're out there for combat. If I thought they weren't having I'd blow the whistle three times, and you better look out. <laughs> and I would do those type of things for alertness, not sleeping out there, okay, or walking through the motions. Now, a lot of you might get, that guy's nuts. I'm not nuts. I have a responsibility to make sure these kids are prepared to go out and play football. And I can't waste the number of hours that I have on a football field or days at times. Yeah. There were times when I thought my staff wasn't coaching. There was one practice I had that I had to, we were playing a team we were supposed to win and we were just beaten. We were just terrible. So I called his coaches before and I told him, I'm going to throw you guys all off the field about halfway through practice. And they said, what do you mean? I'm going to go ballistic, throw you all off and say the way you guys are coaching, I'll do it myself. <laughs> and I did it. I told them all in, I won't tell you the words I used. <laughs> and they got off. They knew they ran off the field. I told them, don't walk, run off the field. You can just keep right on going to the parking lot. And that team took a notice of that. And that team picked it up. So we did 11 on 11. I coached a whole damn practice. Half, <laughs> half practice. But they got a message. You got to send messages when you're not utilizing your time and, and accomplishing what you're supposed to do. So, I mean, I'm sorry. This is not talking about USC, okay? Yeah. I'm just talking about football in general as far as the type of game it is and what it takes. You know, some people look at Nick Saban and they say, man, he's not very friendly. He's not, he's intent. He's a winner. He's been there. He knows what it takes. He knows it's talent. Then he knows it's who's coaching the talent. Then he knows don't beat yourself. And then he knows the only way someone can beat us is if we help him. He knows all that. Go into the game knowing that. Don't be too smart. Don't outthink yourself. Go out there and beat somebody. And I think that's the philosophy that I've always lived by, and it's worked for me. So that was not very rapid fire, coach, but I thought the physicality was an important topic. And it's not like the three whistle thing. That sounds like the purge. If you ever saw that movie, there's like one day, it was like a futuristic America where one day you're just allowed to go out and commit any crime you want, murder, whatever. So for 24 hours, it's like legal. So you just, <laughs> you just had a purge like, ah, oh, just go hit everybody. Um, all right. We'll try to get through these. We'll maybe a little faster on these ones, coach. Uh, your former player, Eddie, actually called in. It was like a two minute voicemail. Sorry, Eddie. We can't play that whole thing. Eddie. Uh, so okay. yeah. Um, I knew it was. Yeah. Yeah. Sorry, Eddie. We could, it's like too long, but, um, so he was saying USC is playing man like 90% of the time and they weren't playing very disciplined. He wants to know why they have not switched up the coverages at all. What do you think? Well, I, I don't know why they haven't switched up the coverages. Uh, I think they do at times, but uh, uh, I, I don't. I don't. I can't answer that. I don't know why they're not switching up the coverages. All I know is you hear me talk about all the time. You've got to disguise your coverages. You can't let a quarterback just come out and look around and say, "Oh, I know what they're doing." I get to come up. You got to show blitzes. You got to drop off of blitzes. You've got to. You got to keep him thinking uh, all the time and 
And remember, any type of confusion, I used to move the defensive line all the time. I thought that was very important, come out and line up in an in odd and shift to an even or move down a man or and, and move around because all that needs to happen is one guy not see it and you got penetration because he missed his block. He was thinking and not moving when the, when the play was snapped or he gets a legal procedure or whatever. So I, I think any time you can confuse the offense, you've got an advantage, whether it's on the line of scrimmage or whether it's in the secondary. And uh, I think that's very, very important. If you notice what, excuse me for jumping to this, if you notice what Washington <laughs> State on the offensive line did, they took huge splits. Now, they might take huge splits all the time, but they did. I saw I don't watch them play all the time, so I don't know. And what they did, they spread, spread out USC's defense completely, and it was impossible for the linebackers to scrape to the hole they're supposed to go to because it's too far to go. And also, when they ran at the linebackers, there was a five-yard gap there, a three- to five-yard gap where Houston and Cameron Smith couldn't cover all that. So they all they had to have is a tie on the block, and the back was gone. So, you know, you've got to be able to adjust to those big splits with different type of things so that you cover that up. And I don't know how many people notice that type of stuff, but I did. Tarek had a question. What's the best way to get young offensive linemen comfortable? Comfortable? Well, that's first of all by making sure, like I used that, that, that example earlier with no ball or anything else, on the field. I don't believe in chalk talks, okay? I don't believe in taking a, a guy in a room. Yeah, I do on watching tapes. Taking a guy in a room and saying, "No, nah, this play you block here, this play you block there." Half the time, the guy's daydreaming. Half the guy, the guy's staring <laughs> at the wall or thinking about his girlfriend. Okay, uh, I I do when I coach the offensive line. I did it always on the field or in the gym and walk through everything. When I help coach Japan Ball or, or Bowl or All Star games, where with the most time I spent was with the offensive line because they never played together. We'd go in the ballroom and our thongs or or whatever and the main thing we just walk through our blocking schemes understanding if they do this we do that and of course in all-star games you know you really don't do many fronts maybe one they don't even allow blitzing or stunts but you got to make sure you know who you have before you try to block somebody so the first thing you do is you build confidence that i know who i have whether it's run or a pass and the best way to do that is just walk through things. All right, when they do this, I block this guy. You And you talk about it. The guys talk about it between themselves. And they see it in slow motion so that they can do it in full speed motion because they're confident about who they have. It's not like, oh, maybe I got this guy. Oh, God, I'm not sure. And they can't talk to the guy next to him. But they've done it so many times, they know what it is. And not on a blackboard or on, on some computer you got to walk through this stuff physically and see it and i used to love to do that with the offensive line i'm sure they probably do that at usc i don't know what he does but this is the way you build confidence in an offensive lineman by knowing who you're supposed to block and then executing the proper technique in making that happen and you do it over and over and over and over. In fact, he even dreams about it at night. And I used to make sure their roommates were the same position or the guy that played next to him. 
When we went on the road, the left guard slept with the left tackle. The right guard slept with the right tackle. The center slept together. Because if that question came up at night, they could ask each other. It's very important. I don't know what they do. They might do this at USC or any other school. But I wanted to make sure if those guys thought about it after we had our meetings, they could ask each other to make sure that they understood who they were going to have. So that's just a quick brief. Uh, maybe it wasn't brief. <laughs> Not brief. Of what I do to be uh, offensive line confidence, you know, Jared had a question. Um, the defense appears to have a problem with finishing. On the final drives of both halves, long-scoring drives were allowed. And if you factor in Texas's last drive of regulation, that's three times the defense has been able, unable to get off the field in critical situations. What do you think about that? Well, I agree. Uh, you know, offense didn't help the defense, but they kept them on the field the whole game. Field position the entire game favored uh, Wash, uh, USA. 17-yard punt, 19-yard punt. They got the ball so many times. Their drives were 83 yards and 95 yards. I mean, really. I mean, you know, third-down conversions. How many third-down conversions they had? I don't know. Was it eight of a 15 or whatever it was? Uh, I mean, a big third-down conversions, third and long. They allowed that to happen. You can't allow that to happen. They had them in a good position, but they let them out of it. And the field, those type of draw, uh, drives tire you, especially when you're nickel-diming you to death. You got a pass rush almost on every single play that you're coming up the field, and they run that play at you, and you, you're going one way, and the back's running the other way. So, uh, yeah, uh, uh, you know, Washington State had a rhythm going. Let's just face it. They, they stayed in rhythm. Luke Falk's, uh, Falk's a hell of a quarterback. He knows what he's doing. He, uh, if you watch... Mike Leach, there is no confusion in his mind whatsoever. Doesn't even wear headsets. No one even knows what play he called. Uh, they just execute it, and he talks to the players all the time. When they come off the field, the quarterback comes right to him. The team comes to him. He talks to them, sends them back on the field. Just like that last play, I think it was the first half, whatever it was, when they shifted and got into the end zone for that play. I mean, he put that all together. I mean, he, he's a sharp dude. He knows what he's doing. He doesn't have someone running the offense for him. So, you know, you, I don't even know what the question was. I just jumped to Mike, Mike Leach. But, you know, <laughs> what was the question? Uh, now I myself, Coach. Really? I don't know what the question was. In fact, I'm only on my first cup of coffee. You, you should have waited a while. It's we got a few more and we'll, we'll let you go. Um, Kendall from Bakersfield. We should have seen this loss coming with so many games coming down to the fourth quarter. He was talking about the finishing drive. Oh, the right? drive. Yeah, they yeah, had the yeah. drive. You're right. You're right. What they did is they just wore you out and, and did it better. And you played defense. They played offense. Yeah. But he said, so Kendall's like, we struggle with putting teams away. My question is, when will USC get back to dominating? We are a quote unquote good football team. But not a dominant one like Alabama. We have the talent. Even our second string is talent enough to win against Washington State. Is it coaching, the schemes, or are we just not developing the talent that we have? Well, you're trying to be like everybody else. And instead of running uh, teams that are pretty successful throughout the country, are, are physical football teams. You take San Diego State right down in San Diego. They've won 11 games, 10 games. They beat Stanford. They beat Arizona State. They're undefeated this year. They're going to go to a major bowl game. I don't think they'll lose a conference game. They're physical. They line up. They're going to pound you. 
and they do. Stanford, you know, they might still win the Pac-12 championship, Stanford, and USC beat the heck out of them. Really. They're now come back. They're playing good. They got a big win this weekend. You know, they have a philosophy that they're going to be physical, and they're going to be that way, and that's just the way it is. Alabama's physical. They're going to run the football. The state of Mississippi right now is in rehab. The last two weeks, 59 to nothing and 66 to whatever it was, the whole state needs rehab. That's worse than the hurricane, what happened to them down there. That's because they line up. They know what they're going to accomplish. You always hear them talking about we're going to be physical, we're going to run the football, and that's what they do. And they're just going to do it. And uh, you, you've got to have that philosophy in your mind. If we've got better players than you, we're not going to beat ourselves, and we're going to run that. We're going to play that type of football. But right now, USC is trying to be like everybody else, as far as all this hurry-up stuff or whatever, which they don't do very well because they they stand on stare at the sideline. But, but that's not what USC is. It's a combination. You can still do some of that, but you still got to be physical. You saw to be physical where you can knock somebody off the ball when you're in down there in the five-yard line or whatever it is. Your philosophy is, hey, you bring you and, you know, and your bag of nails and we're going to hammer you into the ground. And I don't see that. I don't see them doing that. And I don't know what their offensive philosophy really is. It's really a little bit of this and a little bit of that and whatever comes out of the 31 flavors. All right, we got two more for you. We'll let you go. Um, I think Coach Pendergast's defensive schemes are reasonable, but they need to play more guys. Clancy's philosophy of playing a limited number of players may work in the NFL, but in college with so many spread, fast, tempo type of offenses, I think we've got to use more players. Friday night, the defense was gassed. You could see it in their faces. What's your opinion? Beat the Beavers from Dave. Yeah, I do. I think they have uh, talent that they can do that. I said it earlier, especially if you get gassed. Uh, they're not going to be as tired on offense because they don't have to run around all over the field on offense, the offensive linemen. And uh, I really believe that uh, that's true. And the way I understand it, they do have some great talent on the defensive line. I know they have a couple of linebackers that can play, uh, and uh, they're not playing. And uh, I think you can do that. I really think they should and do that uh, because, like I said earlier, it's not at 65 now scholarship limit. It's at 85, and they're all filled up with all their scholarships, okay? So unless you didn't recruit-wise, and you don't think you have any players, then why aren't you doing that? Uh, don't tell me you didn't get players, but you're the ones that recruited them. So you got to get them on the field to get better. And what did I say earlier? The only way you learn to play football is play football. You don't walk around through it and think about football, and you get a bruise, and somebody called and said, they were sore for a week. Hey, I remember going in myself or on Sunday bringing our team in on Sunday and they couldn't walk Harley guys and me too when I used to play. I used to on Sundays bring the team in. Just myself and trainers would go on the field with the entire team. I don't even know if you can do this anymore in rules. And you probably can. Maybe they count it. Maybe they don't as a day of practice. Who knows? They got so many rules. Who the hell knows what's going on? Just let me coach my football team, okay? And the guys making the rules sometimes have never played the game, okay? They think they're doing it because it sounds safer and more time to study and all this. Now, those kids aren't studying at that time. They're beat up and tired. They need to get together and 
get the booze out of them, okay? <laughs> so I'm just telling you the truth. They're college kids. So on Sunday, we'd meet on the field. Some would walk on half hango with hangovers and everything else, okay? And I'd run them, and I ran with them. And we didn't try to run or pull anything. All we did was jog striders 100 yards, and I ran every single one of them with him. So it wasn't a punishment. It's for all of us. And I'd have our trainers out there, obviously. And the rest of our staff would be in working on the next game or finishing up on what we're going to do when we came in for our meetings. It gave them an opportunity to sort of sweat it out for me to see who's limping and who's not limping. Because half the time, a lot of times, these guys don't want to go to rehab. They'd rather sleep in. And we don't even know they're hurt. But I got a chance to see them all the next morning, whether they were hurt or not hurt. I wanted to see them, talk to them. If we got had a victory, I want to talk to them. If we didn't, I want to talk to them. And I want to tell them what our next game's all about. And I ran with them. Uh, and I used to tell them, if anybody beats me, man, I shouldn't have recruited you. I, I would say that. Because I'm not real fast, okay? And we're not running. We're just doing striders. And we did. I don't know, maybe 15. Not a, not, I'm not going to hurt anybody. I just want to get them loosened up, talk to them, be with my guys, and want them to, to play for us and know that we're all on the same time. I had a terrible night. I had a great night. I just got in, man. And uh, just let people know that you're human and then prepare yourself again for the next day. And then they'd go in, shower up. Trainers would talk to who they had to talk to do rehab, and they go film. And uh, I think these type of things are, are where we're lacking today with number of hours that you can have. I mean, you can you can only have 30 minutes to use the restroom. I mean, uh, there's, there's all kinds of things that people put in there now that really hurt the program and hurt the game of football. And uh, that means as far as contact sports and all the different things, as far as helping kids learn the game of football and their body get used to hitting and becoming a better football team. Like, how does USC become a better football team this week? Are they going to scrimmage? They're all beat up. What are they going to do? Well, I don't know. I don't get $3 million a year. Okay, that's their problem to think about it. But I know there'd be a process that we had to do to get it done, and I think that's what I hope they're doing. Whether Whatever it is, that's what they ought to be doing because they're, getting, they're not getting better. One last, uh, that's a good segue to our last question, um, from Dave in Alaska. And we'll try to do this quick. He said he wants us to go through each position group and answer this question, getting better, getting worse, or staying the same. So we'll, we'll, we'll talk about position groups. What do you think about the quarterback, Sam Darnold? Getting better, getting worse, staying the same? No, he's, he's, he's declining. Yeah. He's definitely getting worse. Um, yeah, he's declining because he's trying to make too much happen and putting it all on his shoulders. Running backs. What do you think? About the same. They're not having an opportunity to get better. Yeah, I would say about the same, too. Um, receiver group. Worse. Tight ends? I don't know. They don't play much, do much. <laughs> I don't know. I would probably say worse, then. Um, offensive line. Uh, hard to, hard to say, probably, uh, declining. Okay. Uh, on the defensive side, 
uh, defensive line. Same. Yeah, probably about the same. Um, linebackers. Uh, slight decline. Okay. Uh, and then what about the secondary? Uh, the same. Same. Yeah. So nothing really getting better. I guess maybe that's Dave and Alaska's point. Uh, one area, two areas getting better. Okay. Okay. Place kicking and punter. Place kicking and punter. Yes. I would say the return, like the punt return, not so good. Um, no. They, I, I don't think they caught a single punt in that game. Like the, everything hit the turf. No, they let they wanted to hit the ground. Then they then they, they want to you know. I mean, I don't understand what they're doing back there. Okay. That was kind of weird. I think the kickoff return has been all right. Um, they haven't broken any plays. No kick blocking whatsoever. Um, coverage is okay. Like not great. Maybe getting a little worse, but. I think overall, I was not very happy with special teams, but the individual guys, punter and place kicker, I would agree with you. But that's, that's kind of a bad sign, I would say. Um, we just got a, a really late question in coach. Um, but thanks for that one. Alaskan question. Matthew in LA, Los Feliz Trojan. Uh, is there a kind of running game coordinator who's tasked with designing the run plays? There doesn't seem to be. We seem to be have two running plays, off tackle or pitch handoff to the outside. I can't remember the last time. We did any kind of misdirection, draw play, or trap block. We did run a jet sweep, but of course, it was one of the easiest, uh, earliest plays and hadn't been set up with any previous running plays. And we strung out and it was strung out and got stuffed. Thanks for the podcast and fight on Matt in LA. Well, I know you can give anybody titles, okay? Everybody's yeah. got a title assistant head coach, associate head coach, <laughs> and associate head coach to be the head coach, <laughs> and all these other things, uh, passing coordinator. Running back coordinator, running coordinator. I don't know what the all coordinators are all about. But, uh, you know, the offense is falls on T. Martin. But that's under Clay Helton. Clay Helton is the head football coach. It's not T. Martin's offense. It's not Tenegrass's defense. It's USC's offense. USC's defense and special teams under the directorship of Coach Clay Helton. That's why you make $3 million a year. And if it isn't working, then you got to fix it. And you got to fix it sometimes. It's not the easy way to fix things. But you are the Secretary of Defense or whatever you want to call yourself, President of the United States, and you got to make decisions you don't want to make, and they're hard. And if you supposedly know offense and defense, I don't have to tell you what's wrong. You should know, and it's your responsibility to make those uh, improvements. Coach Harvey Hyde, we went a little long on a Sunday. You it, sure as heck did. I'm sorry. I, it's it's weird. I've worked obviously Friday night for the game. I was in I was in my office on Saturday. I'm in my office again on Sunday. There's the board's melting down. Twitter's going crazy. People want podcasts. Lots of questions. This is a lot of work, Coach. Uh, <laughs> oh, I know it. I know. But what did I just tell you a minute ago? Are you afraid to work? No, I'm here. Then don't don't even bring it up. I'm working. <laughs> don't even bring it up. Hey, the way you win, everybody's trying to work, right? Yeah. Everybody's working, no matter what you're doing out there. 
So, you know, love what you do. Get after it. And I know that's why you're doing it, but you love it. Okay? All right. Well, thank you so much, Coach, for talking on a Sunday, doing a little early. We'll get back to our regular Monday schedule uh, going forward. But thanks again, and thanks for all the insight. Really good stuff today. Thank you very much. And for all of you guys out there, you know, hey, you got a lot of more games to play. And uh, they're 4-1, and 1-1 one, one one in conference. So uh, let's don't give me the poor me stuff, guys. Let's see and have faith in the program. and and see if they can make the necessary changes to make it happen, okay? Hey, Ryan, I just want to tell everybody, too, Southern California Tickets, I went out to lunch with the guy the other day that owns it, Curtis, and I want you to know they've got Dodger tickets. So if you're in Southern California or if the Dodgers are coming to your town and you want to go to a game, call him. He can make it all happen for you. Ask for Curtis and tell him the coach sent the call. Tell him the coach sent you. All right. I might be doing that. that number. Give him that number again. Oh, for Southern California tickets. So if you want to, it's the, the website, etsytickets.com and the number is 1-800-888-7287. All right, coach. Well, thanks again. And everyone else, thanks for tuning in to a longer coach Harvey Hyde peristyle podcast. Uh, we're going to get more of these coming up. We'll probably do a podcast every day because <laughs> you guys have sent in so many questions, but thanks again. Yeah, we've already done two over the weekend. It's not even Monday yet. We've got two podcasts up. Um, but thanks again for tuning in and we will talk to you next time. Tickets, tickets, tickets. SC Tickets is your concert, sports, and theater ticket source. We have the tickets you need to any event worldwide. Football tickets are now available. Call SC Tickets now at 1-800-888-7287. 1-800-888-7287. That's 1-800-888-7287. Or visit us on the web at sctickets.com. SC Tickets, concert, sports, and theater. You've been listening to the Peristyle Podcast, presented by uscfootball.com. Be sure to tune in next week for the latest news on Trojan football and recruiting. Don't forget, you can automatically download the podcast directly to your smartphone or tablet for free. Just click the iTunes link on peristylepodcast.com or search for Peristyle Podcast at the iTunes Music Store.